0: Hey, I'm Mike, and this year, thanks to Metro, nothing's getting between me and my holidays. As a rideshare driver, I know a thing or two about going the extra mile, and Metro's helping me go even further. Metro covered the switching fees and gave me and the family high-speed data for only $25 a line for four lines. Plus, we scored four free Galaxy phones from Metro just for switching. Now, we can all get in the holiday spirit streaming our favorite tunes and ring in the new year over video chat with family and friends. Well, well, well.
1: Welcome to preach, care, preach. We're Rashad. We are the prophets. Soon, another episode, another sermon coming at you from Twelve Ounce Sports, Dingo uh, TV, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart Radio, Spotify, anywhere else you can uh, find us. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Rashad?
2: What it do, bro? Got our special guest in the building as well, man. And
1: without further ado, we have uh, Ross Jackson, uh, editor of the Canal Street Chronicles. You can find them at Saints CSC on Twitter. He's also the host of the Locked In Network uh, for the Saints. Uh, I listen to my Locked In Vikings. I listen to the Locked In Draft. So this is right up my alley. If you are a Saints fan, please, please, please check that out. Uh, welcome to the show, Ross.
0: Hey brothers, I uh, appreciate you letting me be here, man. Thank you for welcoming me in. Uh, very excited to get to chop it up with y'all. Hope that y'all are doing well, staying safe. Everybody's good, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, man.
0: Good, good. Glad to hear radio, it. Glad to to hear. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs>
1: Um, So before we, I guess, get started off, we want to, uh, you know, first kind of like dive in on the on the Saints uh, draft this past weekend. Uh, You had Mm -hmm. actually, I want to say, not really a surprising pick, but, you know, a pick that I didn't really see coming in in the first round. So I'm going to let you talk about it first. Uh, How did you like uh, uh, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan?
0: Yeah, man, it's funny, like I I consistently made a lot of jokes leading up to the draft about like, yeah, you know, you could talk about all these wide receivers and linebackers you want, but you know, Sean's going to go out there and take an offensive lineman. And it was kind of my way of just like messing with people and picking on people and everything. And then lo and behold, uh, Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan center uh, ends up being the number 24 overall selection and their top selection in this draft. And so uh, it was a little surprising, a little shocking, just in terms of the fact that, you know, uh, there's such a big need at linebacker. Patrick Queen, a home state guy, was there on the board. Uh, Kenneth Murray had just gone off the the pick right before, but Jordan Love was still on the board, too, and a lot of people connected the Saints to Jordan Love. We all kind of knew that that wasn't necessarily going to be the case, though, but uh, not a lot of people talking about Cesar Ruiz out there uh, being the, the guy to the Saints, and I always anticipated him being off the board at 23 to the Patriots. Uh, but then when the Patriots traded back, that ended up keeping him on the board for the Saints at 24. So it's a bit of a shocker for people, but there's value there. And you can see the the path to the roster actually makes a lot of sense for him.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, man, because they, they needed some offensive line help. So mm-hmm. it, it made perfect sense. But I was trying to push Jordan Love there as the heir apparent to Drew Yeah, Reeves. yeah.
0: Yeah, it made perfect sense. And, I mean, yes, they, they, there's absolutely a need there, particularly on the interior, as you mentioned. They got demolished there by the uh, those Vikings you mentioned earlier uh, during the playoffs in that wild card game. Uh, you know, shifting Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph to the inside was just a great game plan. And uh, the Saints weren't able to keep up with that type of athleticism on the interior. And Cesar Ruiz, who's extremely powerful, who's very quick and, and very smart too, which is one of the things that the Saints have complimented so much about him. Uh, he's going to be a great addition for the Saints and a big, big boost in that interior offensive line where they really needed that help.
1: Uh, where do you think Ruiz is going to play? Because I know you had you drafted what, McCoy last year out of Texas. Mm-hmm. So is, is he going to play center guard? What are you, you hearing so far?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing because uh, Eric McCoy came in last year and took over as the starting center and did very, very well. Played there in place of Max Unger, so he had some big-time shoes to fill at that position. Uh, But he did it very, very well. But the thing about it is that the Saints aren't married to the idea of McCoy at center. They're interested and perfectly willing, and they've made it publicly known that they're perfectly willing to shift him over to guard, which is kind of putting Larry Warford on a uh, also very public hot seat, which is a little different than what we're used to seeing from the Saints organization, which is usually very sort of close to the vest, not very public about those kinds of things, but they're outwardly talking about Larry Warford's gotta compete. So if you see that they were wanting Larry Warford to compete, you look at the fact that Eric McCoy is somebody that they've, that they've mentioned that they're comfortable shifting to guard, they're not married to him at center, that, Uh, leaves open the idea that Cesar Ruiz would shift into uh to that center position and be that signal caller which is first of all really really great for him because he gets a year at least working with Drew Brees so if he does have that football IQ that can or with him having that football IQ that continues to grow with him and then you have somebody that's extremely smart at that center position after Drew Brees that can be that sort of Max Unger diagnosing coverages identifying the mic setting up the offensive line and sort of uh sort of dictating what the defense is going to be doing to the rest of the offensive line. So you don't lose out on that, that communication as long as Cesar Ruiz's football IQ translates the way that it has from college into the pros.
1: Now we're about your, your next pick, uh, Zach Bond, who I think we had him like, did we, did Rashad, did we draft him in our first round on our own mm-hmm. draft? So Yeah, I think we had him going first round, man. He yeah. was,
2: a, in my opinion, one of the top prospects. I thought he was going to go off the board a little bit earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. if he didn't go in the third round, you're talking about value picks, which the draft is all about value, it's where you get guys at. So um, right. I, I thought this was a home run pick. I mean, I don't really know where, like, the Saints going to play him, but, I mean, he's versatile. He can play really, I mean, edge on three, four, stand up, whatever whatever you want to do, he probably can do it. So um, thoughts on thoughts on getting him at a, at a, like a kind of a steal because I thought he was a first-round draft pick.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I I, know, I, I always saw Zach Bond as sort of this bottom of the first top of the second round guy. And Same. I, yeah, you know, and I, I had my sort of concerns about him at that place. If a team was going to draft him specifically to come in and be an edge rusher, six foot two, 237, he's going to get bullied by offensive linemen playing off the edge, unless it's in a 3-4 defense. But when you're playing in a majority 4-3 or 4-2-5, like with the Saints play, and you're expected to sit there and put your hand in the dirt, you're going to get bowled over by some of those guys, (laughs) you know, especially in the NFC South, too, where they're continuing to load up on those offensive linemen to protect their quarterbacks. Some of the new commodities uh, in Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Tom Brady, of course. And so with all of that, you know, I was a little concerned about him being that high. To the Saints at 24, because there was some talk about Zach Bond potentially being an option at 24 early, early on. And that was my one concern with him. But him coming in at 74 is a very, very different place, (laughs) very, very different position. Right. And so the Saints actually spent about an hour trying to trade up to get him. They started at different places within the top of the second round. They had started early, early that day trying to trade up into the early second round to be able to grab him. And fail after fail after fail in terms of trying to do that but he also continued to tumble and then finally they end up being able to get this trade done with i believe it was cleveland they get up to 74 they give up a future third which doesn't really matter to them because well first of all they've never cared about future picks as long as there's an nfl next season the saints will trade future picks they have no problem with that uh but they do have a compensatory third rounder that's expected because of the teddy bridgewater signing uh, in Carolina and so you know they didn't have to give up a lot to go and get him and their plan with him actually isn't to use him that much as an edge rusher they want to play him at Sam Mike or Will. like they want to use him in that four three off ball linebacker type of, of role and get him involved in coverage because he did grade very well if you look at the analytics sites he didn't really drop back into coverage a ton 195 snaps in coverage he spent a lot of time uh being one of those guys that was just coming off the edge, a stand-up defensive, uh, defensive lineman, a stand-up pass rusher. Uh, but he graded very well in coverage. They really worked, on him, uh, worked with him on it at the Senior Bowl in particular, and they liked it. They liked what he showed, and so they want to bring him in and then get him transitioned a little bit to that 4-3 off-ball linebacker, which he seems pretty excited about as well.
1: And before we move on, um, Rashad, our boy finally found a home. He found it in New Orleans jabu is with the saints uh,
0: let's go <laughs> let's go yeah i'm so i'm so pumped about that
1: we, we were saying this all the time It was like man somebody's gonna get a steal because he'd rather be a starter and i, I we were saying uh pittsburgh would be a great place behind big ben yeah uh, saints would be a good one behind breeze and any mm-hmm. any old quarterback that had one james is right there for the taking for nothing and yeah
2: Paid it's only $1, for a million dollars.
0: for real, for real, one point one million. He's making less this entire year than he made per week on his fifth year option at, at Tampa Bay.
1: Saints, Saints playing chess right now.
0: <laughs> I mean, T- Taysom Hill making
2: way
1: more than James. Way, he
0: got sixteen guaranteed.
1: It's pretty, it's pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> for yeah, man. Guy. Uh, yep.
1: All uh, right, so, All right, so let, let's let's go to our um, the move into who we think. Combining with the draft, also with the off-season, in a totally thing about who was the best, who was the best team so far? Obviously it's on paper, they still have to go to camp and whenever that happens, whenever it opens up. But uh, Rashad, we'll start with you. Uh, who, do you think, who do you think this, this, this off-season won, won, won the offseason already?
2: already? Uh, number one, I'm going to be the dead horse just because everybody talks them up and then they let you down. But you got to go Cleveland Browns, man. You got to <laughs> you got to go Cleveland Browns. You know they did the Odell stuff last year. If I thought, oh, they're gonna win the division, things like that. Then now this year, they, they, yep, I have in the playoffs. I didn't have a Super Bowl, but there was some of the talk. Then now this year, they're going flashy again. You already have Njoku. but you bring in Austin Hooper on a four year deal worth forty four, but guaranteed twenty three million. So that's not a bad pickup because. I got to throw in a part about they added a new coach, St- Stefanski, and he mm-hmm. prefers two wide receivers, two tight ends. So, you know, with having Odell and Jarvis, now you have Hooper and Njoku. So his system will be able to flourish. Also having Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yep. So, you know, that kind of works with his style. Hopefully Baker can take the next step because I have him. That's my dynasty QB. I'm not trying to win three fantasy matchups this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get to that fancy championship, man. So hopefully that works out. And then a second big addition was they stole uh, Conklin from Tennessee. I think he's uh, a three-year, $42 million, but I think it's guaranteed uh, $30 million. So that's huge for their O-line because Baker struggled with protection all year. And once you didn't trade for Trent Williams, you kind of had to go get something. So they got Conklin from Tennessee who played a huge role with, you know, what they're doing with Tannehill and Derrick Henry last season. So I think that's a great pickup, both of your O-line. And a sneaky pickup that wouldn't make the headlines, but could be key for Beggars development is Case Keenum because mm-hmm. he's already been honest to Fansky. He knows the play you no know, the play call and the ins and outs of his system, how he wants to run it. Um so I think, you know, it's not a it's a it's a kind of cheap deal. It's more than what James is getting. I mean, he agreed to <laughs> <laughs> he agreed to a three year deal worth eighteen, but it's ten million guaranteed. So that's for a backup QB, that's really not too bad. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's more about investing. Baker's on his rookie deal. So when you bring in Keenan for this kind of money, it all kind of bounces out. And you need somebody right. to come in and teach Baker, you know, the the ins and outs of that system and things like that. So I think those three moves, I mean, they made some smaller moves, like, you know, Carl Joseph at safety and stuff like that. Uh, they got Andrew Billings, the D the, uh, the tackle. So. No, you got small moves like that, but I think that big three is what mainly uh, looks good for them. Then on the draft side, you got Jadrick Willis, Grant Del Pitt, the LSU Browns. At this point, you got Greer Williams, Landry Odell, now Del Pitt. So you got the L- yeah. LSU Browns up there. So, and they they got Jacob, uh, with <laughs> super LSUs. I mean, they, the LSU Browns,
0: yeah, I like it, yeah. There's something about that oh o- there's something about that Ohio Louisiana pipeline. It does run both ways, but uh it, it is an interesting thing for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, so, like,
2: uh, I I think, I think, I think the yeah, I think the Browns uh are different
1: when the winners of the offseason. That that <laughs> and that Willis like Willis uh move, like people don't understand those two tackles. Campus he was struggling this whole time with Minnesota with no offensive line. Now he got two good ones already with uh, I think Zeitler in the middle, uh guard and you have a uh, Tread, like these these guys, like Browns might be might have a top five O line, like really, really quickly.
2: Yeah, almost overnight because you yeah. a free a free I mean the rule is pretty much draft one, sign one, trade for one. And they they kinda
0: almost did that. So it kind of works. Yeah.
1: All right, Ross, what you got?
0: Uh I'm gonna start off with somebody actually within the NFC South Division. I'm not gonna go with the Saints, though, of course. Uh I'm gonna talk a little bit about the uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. That offseason that they've had is just Absolutely wild. Uh, even if you don't necessarily like Tampa, perhaps maybe you don't like Tom Brady, uh, Tom <laughs> Bay. I guess they're calling themselves now. It's just a wild, wild offseason, and it has been really across the NFC South, sort of as a whole. But what they were able to do in terms of you know getting Bruce Arians, the quarterback that he did want to work with, because he didn't have a ton of patience for Jameis, unfortunately. Uh, so you know you get a guy that can potentially win him his uh, Super Bowl. You're right, like in terms of what what Bruce Arians is thinking. To get uh, to be able to get Rob uh, Rob Gronkowski back paired up with uh, Tom Brady too is just it's honestly a little ridiculous. If I'm being completely honest, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of who I think Rob Gronkowski is going to be in the 2020 season. Right, we're not talking about the Rob Gronkowski of old. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Exactly. But of, yeah, but just in terms of having you know a veteran guy that has a rapport with Tom Brady that can uh train up a guy like uh oj howard everything like that like there's still some value there in terms of that i think that he's probably gonna like keep his knees under him for maybe a couple of weeks at most but you know still it's a pretty good move for them and then to be able to walk away in this draft with tristan worse where they were able to get him they had to move up a pick in order to do it but it didn't cost them anything too crazy uh to do that and uh, some of the other guys they added they added them really really late but the wide receiver tyler johnson out of minnesota to add him along with uh, Mike Evans as well as uh, Chris Godwin, that's just that's a hell of a receiving core and a lot of options for um, for Tom Brady there. And you know, then they get their running back there as well and everything. So they've done a really really good job in terms of what they've been able to do uh, this offseason. I'm still a little concerned about that secondary. They got a lot of work to do with that secondary, particularly in the NFC South. But but I do like what they've done so far in terms of uh, getting Bruce Arians a little bit closer to his time
1: i would also say uh, about the secondary they did find a honey badger in the draft antoine winfield jr uh for todd bowles so you know maybe that pairing right there together could do a little damage
0: yeah absolutely absolutely no that's a great point that's a great point yeah he was a fantastic addition for them too and somebody else that could have gone much earlier in the draft we talk about zach bond being somebody that could have gone earlier and then they ended up picking up late like a couple of these nfc south teams found found some pretty good wins and i would say they were a good bit of steals Steals uh throughout the draft and for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, one th- one thing about the NFC
2: South, real quick, man. One thing about the NFC South, you do need secondary yeah. because everybody has at least two elite receivers, so you gotta stop somebody.
0: That's right. That's right. That's such a big part of it. And that was one of the things that, like, at the beginning when it was just free agency, I felt really good about where the Saints were because the Saints were the only ones in the division with a secondary, Uh, you know, uh, one that could sometimes be problematic, but at least they had a secondary in place. Now you're starting to see other teams get their pieces together and everything, because even, you know, uh, 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 Carolina going out there and getting Jeremy Chin in their uh in their draft is still a huge yeah. addition and just a huge upgrade from Eric Reed. As much as I like Eric Reed and respect everything that he does uh on and off the field, Jeremy Chin's a humongous upgrade there. And uh that's somebody that I'm really excited to see too. But yeah, you're right, man. That secondary is a big part of it. And Tampa Bay got a piece, but they still have a little bit of work to do there.
2: And the Saints went out and got Jenkins and yeah, the Sanders on the opposite side of the ball. So they're they're yep. making improvements on both
1: sides to compete offensively and defensively.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a fun division.
1: I'm going to go with uh, the L.A. Chargers. So I was oh, thinking, that's a good pick. I was sitting there thinking about who who did the team remind me of, and when you kind of think about it, if Justin Herbert is – okay, I'm not a big Justin Herbert fan, but if he is the guy, let's say he's just solid, he's a solid quarterback on the rise, right? Mm-hmm. We look at his defense, we talking about the Seattle scheme. So, this is this is Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill. You have Bosa and Ingram, uh, Bobby Wagner. They traded up for the for, for the Bobby Wagner and Kenneth Murray. You got Derwin James, and you have uh, Nasir Adderley, who is their Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. Then on top of that, you have you know, they had Sherman, the uh, Sherman, and um, who was the other guy? Uh, Browner, I think it's Brandon Browner or something like that. But you got Chris Harris Jr., you got Desmond Keenan. and you got. Um, Casey oh, uh, Hayward. Hayward, Casey Hayward. Yeah, so yeah. You're talking about a loaded team on defense. They finally got their their quarterback on the defense in Kenneth Murray, who can who can serve that side. Like this this team on defense is just it's a stack. Now, yes, they traded a second and a third to move up in the first, but I mean that 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 defense is now whole. Like you got a linebacker now right. now it is whole, and you, and you brought in right. Livan Joseph from the Vikings, who can be at run stopper. So you got a guy who, who can command the double teams in the middle. With Bosa and Ingram, who are at least top fifteen pass rushers, Bosa probably top five. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now you, you have everything you need on defense. So you play, you play in the Chiefs. Uh, you have to, you have to deal with the up and coming uh, Raiders with their off, offense they add this uh, off season, as well as the different Broncos. So yep. you have to be able to stop somebody, and obviously the first team to stop is the Chiefs. And then offense, right. I mean, they went that you can saw they kind of. Uh, kind of compliment their, their free agency by went defense free agency, drafting offense. They got KJ Hill from Ohio State. Uh they drafted another receiver earlier with Justin Herbert. Got a running back from UCLA, Josh Kelly. So they they, they went they did everything you're supposed to do as far as how to build this team and and even with Tyrod Taylor, who I think, you know, is a solid QB and can get you nine to ten wins, especially with this roster. Mm-hmm. Like this this Chargers team really they, they really could be in the Super Bowl next year and it wouldn't shock me
0: right i gotta tell you man josh kelly is one of my favorite pickups in their draft i think josh kelly is somebody that a lot of people have slept on that is somebody that people don't talk about enough and the thing about it you is don't that watch
2: like, the pack team man, well, man and nobody no yeah
0: nobody <laughs> wants to, to you. you're absolutely right but like it's it's so dope it's so dope that he gets to stay home first of all that's just awesome because he's yeah. coming out of ucla and everything that's pretty dope but then also like this is a guy that isn't this you know the flashiest running back he's not going to be their melvin gordon But I think he can be more than what Melvin Gordon was because he's a he he's somebody that can run out of the backfield, he's somebody that can catch out of the backfield, and he's a fantastic pass blocker and just a wholesome dude. Like, I don't know if y'all have heard any interviews or anything with him, but if you get the chance, like check out an interview with Josh Kelly and then just be ready to like be ready to finish listening and then go and do a good deed. Like that's who Josh (laughs) Kelly is. Like it's an incredible thing, man. I I I love that dude. And I'm so glad that he got selected at a place where he gets to stay home and do like that. I'm excited for him.
2: Look at that chart, is man. That's that's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. Like you like you said, their whole thing is competing with Kansas City, and when you have Mahomes and all those weapons, you gotta slow it down some kind of way. So by building your defense and having Tyrod, who won't he won't lose you games, right? You know, so you know, and like you said, Herbert, I'm not sure if he's the guy either. I mean. I don't know. Well, what what else? find out. What though. else could they? Right. What, <laughs> could, what else could they do at this point? You know, they they let Rivers go. They could have probably brought Rivers back for one more year, um, but if you think Herbert's the guy, you got to roll with it. He has the same thing. to Pac-12 ties. You know, he's used to playing in that California area, so hopefully, mm-hmm. it works out for him. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna go to my second team, and I'm going to the AFC South. I just mentioned this guy's name, Phillip Rivers. I'm going with the the Colts. I'm going with the Colts. Um, The Buckner trade, I like that move. Mm -hmm. You know, they're building their D-line up slowly, kind of under the radar. You got Buckner now. You have uh, Sheldon Day, Stewart, Osprey. So you have a pretty sneaky uh, defensive line. And you kind of pair that with Darius Leonard. They improved the secondary some. They added Chaos guy. He, he's kind of washed, but Rogues is still a veteran corner. Hey. You know, so you, can, you know, in <laughs> yeah, you know, for for one year, five million dollars, you really can't beat that. I mean, right. you you got Rivers there, one year, twenty five million. So you got your a vet QB who can make some things happen. You no, know, he, you know, I think he, you know, he hasn't won a Super. Bowl. I think Rivers has a winning pedigree. Uh, so, hopefully this year he can kind of make a playoff push. I think with what they've done, they could probably get nine or ten wins, maybe win a division. But Rivers for one year, $25 million. Um, like I said, Xavier Rose, the Buckner trade, Sheldon Day on the defensive line. Um, they got, a, what's his name on the old line Costanzo, Anthony Costanzo. That yep. was a good good ad. So, I like what they did for agency-wise. Then when it comes to the draft, you got another receiver to pair with, the always-injured T.Y. Hilton. I mean, you're hoping <laughs> you're hoping Paris Campbell takes a step, it's but they, they got Michael Love. Right. Yeah, so you got Michael Pittman Jr. from USC, Man, so really I think good. that'll be a – yeah, I think that'll probably. be good.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I think that'll be really good for Rivers because, uh, you know, he likes to air it out, and I think Pittman can go get some of those deep balls. So I like that. You already have Marlon Mack. You Now you got your one-two punch for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they got – julian blackman out of utah for the for the secondary Mm -hmm. and then one of my favorite picks jacob eason fourth round so you know he can learn from rivers he can learn from rivers and jacoby on how to be a pro because eason only has really one true year of tape recently because his first year at georgia was you know he's a freshman wasn't the greatest year got hurt from beat him out now you have to wait and transfer you transfer you have a pretty good year big arm can make all the throws i think if he sits for two years by his third year similar to i'm not saying he's gonna beat aaron Rodgers, but if you sit for two right. years like Rodgers did with your arm and his talent he could potentially be the heir apparent and uh i think the colts have a pretty good roster they made some good moves on both sides and draft day and c y wise so they could be a, a contender in the afc this year
0: yeah Hey, it's a good pick, man. I, I like that Jonathan Taylor pick in particular. I'm, I'm excited to see him in the league. I'm hoping that the wear and tear and everything at Wisconsin doesn't like doesn't, you know, cost him anything in uh in, in the pros. But with this offseason being the way that it is, he gets a lot of rest up time before he hits like actual physical contact and everything. So, uh, but I'm excited to see him there. And, uh, and what that means for that, that running back group too, because you you mentioned the dynamic duo between him and, uh, and Marlon Mack is Marlon Mack is somebody I can catch out of the backfield and everything. You know, me coming from new Orleans and watching Alvin Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram for two years, like having that type of one, two punch. Can really, really be something you take advantage of and that can elevate you. And, you know, are they going to be that? I can't say that. But, you know, uh, just having that type of dynamic duo right there is, is just invaluable. And I love Julian Blackman, too. Just entirely, just incredibly versatile in the backfield, uh, in, in the secondary, he can play anywhere you want him to. Like, that's a fantastic thing. a special teamer, too, which is always important. Um, and so I, I really like their draft. Hashtag Man, we give a, well, but... a
2: whole lot of love, I know, man. right? We sure are. It's
0: about at least somebody, <laughs> somebody doing it is. that ain't their mama. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> uh, I'll jump to uh, I'll, I'll jump to a division mate for the very first one we talked about. We talked about the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore Ravens were a fantastic team last year, all together. Uh, Lamar Jackson, a well deserved MVP award. Uh, just a uh, just you know, until they until they stumbled against the Titans inexplicably in the playoffs, uh, they were pretty incredible all season. I was just talking about uh, uh, Mark Ingram and everything and what he's been able to do there, big trust, uh, get that run game popping over there. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I like them already coming into this season as a team that, you know, was going to be a team that could repeat its success. But then they go out there and then they make a trade to add uh, Calais Campbell for peanuts, uh, and then they ship off Hayden Hurst. And get you know what was it, a second round pick back from Atlanta for that that they turned into more you know and so <laughs> yeah, it, they they were just really working the that 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 sort of newcomer or working that uh, that free agent market uh, that free agent trade market really really well and then for the most part they really just focused on re-signing their guys and keeping their team together. Which when you're doing, you know, when you have a, a team that is already successful, that becomes a big part of the focus of your offseason is just maintaining the communication and maintaining the familiarity of the guys that you already have in the facility. And they did a really good job at that, adding a piece like Calais Campbell, getting a you know, a a great piece back for Hayden Hurst. And then they end up drafting guys, they basically drafted everybody that I liked in the in the uh in this draft which was kind of wild like i was sitting there and i was watching and i was like oh this person's still on the board here comes baltimore and they would take him they drafted patrick queen you know, so they add Patrick Queen. He he gets to go exactly where he wanted to go. He wanted to end up in Baltimore, and so he was really glad to end up there. He now gets to be the next linebacker in a long lineage of fantastic linebacker play uh, in a Baltimore Ravens uniform. He gets to stay in the purple, too, which I think matches his aesthetic. And then they add J.K. Dobbins there, which does a little bit of what we were just talking about with creating a dynamic Steel. duo, right? Yeah, absolutely. What did they get at, 55 in the draft? There's, Wild, a while to be able to get him at that point. And then to be able to add him with Mark Ingram, as if this offense needed more weapons, they added him with Mark Ingram. Uh, and I think eventually it'll be a, a similar situation to what you saw in new Orleans, where they'll operate in tandem for a little while. And then eventually JK Dobbins will probably become the head guy there, but just a fantastic, uh, uh, just I guess outlook in terms of what it is that they wanted to create. Then they picked up two fantastic uh, defensive tackles too, shoring up the interior defensive line with Justin out of UK out of Texas A and M, and then also grabbing Broderick Washington, who I thought was one of my sleepers at that position. So they continue to add to the defense. They add uh, Malcolm ha- Malik Harrison, excuse me, out of Ohio State, who's just a downhill thumper. Like he'll mess you up. Another steal. Yeah, he and they 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 got him at 98. So they got him just just before the top 100 went out like he's he was somebody that I often saw second, third round as somebody that, you know, would end up going there early, early third round at the latest. Um, But one of the picks that I like a ton for this team is that they continue to address and add receiving options for Lamar Jackson and uh, getting Devin Duvernay. That just run after catch ability. He can play inside and out. He's got a little bit of contested catch in him as well. He's he's just a rude dude out on the field, and uh, I like that a lot for that team. And to be able to compliment those wide receivers that they do have, particularly Hollywood Brown, who's a burner, and then you have that arm strength with Lamar Jackson, and now you give him another downfield target that can also take a slant and turn it upfield you know, and, and, and produce in the run-after-catch game. And then they get a shorthanded guy in James Prochet out of SMU that could be a little bit more of that possession guy that can play X, that can play, you know, in the in the slot as well. And so I really like their draft, man, in particular, and I just love the fact that their focus was let's keep the in-house guys here, maintain the success that we've already established for ourselves, and then add young pieces to this core, and they did a really great job of that.
1: You know, uh, you mentioned the receivers. I, I thought how, how great they were not to, like, a dress receiver early because, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's not fair for a guy like Lamar Jackson or any any quarterback of that nature to like not have the weapons. We look at Sam Darnold, Jets. I mean, come on, help 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 the brother, right? they uh, Mayfield got all the tools in the world. Uh, <laughs> Josh Allen now has Stefan Diggs. Uh, they got a mm-hmm. running back in the draft, another Pac-12 guy, uh, Moss. So, it's mm-hmm. um, like, and you you want to see Lamar Jackson? Yes, he has Andrews and Hollow Brown. But you like if, as far as passing, like what what else we? Do we have
0: while the family's together for the holidays? Why not plan your next summer vacation right now? Ocean Isle Beach has lots of places to choose from, so book your Ocean Isle Beach getaway today at OceanIsleStyle.com.
1: Right, you you like love, love to see the Ravens not not go early in the, in the round, go get a, a T Higgins, but wait and get these receivers on the back end and yep. build your team everywhere else. And now, because you still you still have run for a team, so you don't need elite receivers, but you need receivers who can get open and and make plays.
0: Yeah, and Devin Ubernate is a fantastic example of that, somebody that gives you, you know, I, I would say safely 70%, 80% of what maybe a Tier 2 guy might have given you. I'm not talking about, like, the top guys that all that were, like, you know, the top three or anything like that, but he gives you around 70 80% of maybe some of those Tier 2, Tier 3 guys and is fantastic at creating separation, and he's going to give Lamar Jackson those windows to throw to. There was no reason to attack this position early for them. They knew exactly the type of receiver that they wanted, and they were able to get one of each. Honestly. And then also continue to add to their offensive line too, because they got an absolute mauler and Ben Bredesen. Yeah, they needed well. needed beyond the retirement. They needed yeah, they needed that.
1: <laughs> you draft two guards I hope we're gonna be good. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> um my my last team would be another team that took a quarterback, uh the Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah. I, I think the AFC East as a whole, um, uh, did pretty good. Uh, but to me the Dolphins when you have so many picks, I mean it's it's hard not to at least on paper, be be terrible at the draft. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this whole time we are talking about the draft process, do the Chargers and, and, and the Dolphins, do they have to trade up to get these guys? And I kept saying you don't have to because who else is going to come up and get these quarterbacks? So right. I think getting two at five instead of three is, is I mean, as far as value, I mean, it's great because why trade up and waste other assets to get a guy you can get at five? Uh, I know we was talking about, like, we, we wanted Herbert to go to Miami, and two to go to charges because like we really had two tra- with the L.A. Chargers, <laughs> but um, I was like, "There's no way, Miami, <laughs> there's no way Miami pass up on them," um, and, and they didn't. So I thought, I thought getting two was was great. Um, but Austin Jackson, who you know, I had a couple of ta- tackles that ranked higher to him, but you did fit the need, and you know, for this game, he he might be the better option. Anyway, um, and then at the end of the round they got a corner, which you add to Byron Jones, and you, add, you add to Xavier Howard. I mean, this the third corner is gonna be great. He's a first round draft pick, so I'm I'm gonna try to pronounce his name. But if I get it wrong, it's all good. So uh, Noah, it's all good. <laughs> I'm gonna from, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> close enough, close enough. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, but he, he knows that he's from Auburn, so he he's played a, a lot of elite receivers, and he's not gonna have that um that role to be. You have to shut down the best guy. You don't have to. Last year, you did in college. This year you get the third best guy, so I think that's that's pretty good. Um, and then as as the draft got deeper, they start you started seeing like good picks down the line. And like I said, with all these picks, they traded up, traded down, uh, traded back in the in the first round uh, to add more pieces. And the who package traded up the, to get Jordan Love, they crazy. But anyway, okay. you know. Yeah, can
0: we, but, talk, can we talk for a second about the worst draft? It yeah, was I'm crazy. About-
1: <laughs> 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 I'm about to say I'm I'm right there with you on that one. Uh, <laughs> but 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 to, to get to get Weaver, who early in the process was supposed to be a, a yep. first second round guy, get him later on. Got Roquan Davis. That D line with the Calvin Noise and 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 the Lawson's like these. They coming for the quarterback. Like this defense, yeah. this defense can go from the bottom to the top, and just like Charges, like it can go real fast. Like I can see the Dolphins. I, I would not say win the division, I'm not go that far. But if if they made a wild card, I wouldn't be shocked at all.
0: Yeah, they'll challenge. Yeah. Sure. They'll challenge, that's for sure.
1: But you're gonna know, rise for sure if you want to talk about the worst.
0: <laughs> Bro, okay, can we just talk? I, I, th- here's my whole thing. Um, my man Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show and says, "You know, I mean, you know, we don't really take that many skill position guys, so you know, it'd be cool if they add a couple of skill position guys in the and they're
1: try."
0: Yeah, there you go. My bad. Uh, they just kind of left him out to dry like that, man. Like that was just wild. That was just crazy. If, if the first day, okay, you already they
1: already shocked us with the Jordan Love situation, so right? Like, okay, day two, sec, two, second round, third round, it's fine, it's fine. Nobody. Then to go through four, five, six, and seven and still getting, I mean, I just, I, 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 I see where they're going. I see what they're trying to do and I'm glad they are trying to do this which is ride Rodgers and get him out of here and let's go Jordan Love as a Viking fan I love that get Aaron Rodgers out of here that's that's, <laughs> the, that's the best thing to do you know uh but, you know they they went off his line they want to go running back heavy with with uh with um, Aaron Jones and they got Dylan and I think it's kind of like they want to be the 49ers so bad like <laughs> Matt LaFleur want to be yeah, Cal so Matt LaFleur man <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: cuz I mean cuz he 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 drafted a fullback early
0: right yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so. Just uh Josiah Dagora. That's the dude that I was like, yeah, y'all just drafted Jay Sternberger a second time. Yeah, that's some.
1: That's some. Kyle, that's some. Cal Shanahan stuff right there. I don't know. I just-
2: <laughs> yeah, Matt Lafleur playing uh copycat.
1: <laughs> Hopefully it works. I mean,
2: because you got you know, like you said, man, they 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 want yeah, they want to keep uh keep running the ball. So I guess they're thinking. If we get some running backs and a fullback, we can keep the ball away from the 49ers if we play them again. <laughs>
1: I was about to say, man, you, can be, you can be the 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 Rockets of the NBA where you're building your team only for one team and they're going to mess around and lose somebody else. That's what the Packers going to do.
2: <laughs> it happens all the time. You try to build for one team, but that team, <laughs> you won't even get to play them because you be already out by the, by the time you get a chance to play. you already be knocked out. So.
1: I mean, it, it could happen, but, yeah, Green Bay was definitely surprising. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody else in the draft that you thought, uh, aside from teams, but, like, value, you'd be like, man, that's a good you know, that's a good pick right there, or or kind of like, okay, he supposed to go second round. He done fell to the fourth, and this team got a good steal. Because, you know, it's like where where you go – really 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 depicts like how great your career is going to be like what like if we're talking mm-hmm. about like Sam Darnold he don't have the, the weapons that Began Mayfield has who knows if you swap them how great Sam Darnold could be so it's right. so so with that being said is there any players that you felt in this draft like man where he going he going to be something special
0: yeah there's a pair of safeties actually uh that really stood out to me and we have we've mentioned both of them before but I'd love to talk about them a little bit more in depth uh first of which being Grant Delpit out of LSU he's somebody that you know was uh he was a like mid first round guy at the beginning of the 2019 season and then just had kind of, a, I mean, he did not have a great 2019. Like, that's just the truth. Like, his tape was bad. He was dealing with injuries and everything as well. And he was also playing with a team that, you know, was holding five touchdown leads all season. So, you know, that defense wasn't out there trying for at least a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and everything. And so, uh, so you know, you saw you him, bangle. that's it, man. So you saw him drop, you know, and, uh, you know, as somebody that has watched him you know every year that he was with lsu and all you can look back at 2018 tape and you can find it but you can't ignore what you saw in film in 2019 you just can't do that so it made it wasn't surprising to me that he fell out of the first round it was a little surprising to me that there were no safeties taken in the first round because i thought at least maybe xavier mckinney might pop into the first particularly for uh particularly for uh miami who actually went with what was this called, noah i noah, uh noah I didn't, Uh, but you know, he, so he was somebody that fell out and then he goes to a team and the Cleveland Browns that can absolutely use what he does and who he is. Like he's somebody that can play in the box, but that can also be a deep safety. Uh, They get him back there in a, in a familiar situation playing beside greedy Williams. Like Rashad mentioned earlier, like it's just, it's, it's a pretty, it's a nice situation you know for him to end up in and i think that if there was any team that he was going to end up with outside of the first round i really like the fit for where he landed with uh with uh with cleveland because it just puts him in a situation to where they're going to play a similar defensive style of ball than what lsu was playing in 2018 to where they're going to utilize him as somebody that can play all over the the secondary play you know have that positional versatility and play all over the place and I just kind of let him go out there and play his game and that's what he needs and to be able to do it in a familiar circumstance where he's got a jacob phillips he's got obj he's got juice like he's got all these people that are gonna have his back it's 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 pretty dope like it's pretty dope um the other safety that i'll mention uh is um is uh, jeremy uh, jeremy chin uh, him going to, to, uh, to Carolina and playing in that Matt rule defense is going to be a lot of fun to see him there. Uh, you know, they Carolina has been in need of secondary help for some time and everything. And so to be, instead <laughs> of so be able to get a guy that there that can essentially serve two purposes for you because you needed a boost in your secondary, but you also lost Luke Keekley, who was a fantastic communicator. Jeremy Chin's not going to be your Luke Keekly 100%, but he does serve a little bit of that role as being a very good communicator, a very smart player out on the field. So he kind of covers a little bit of both of those. And hell, if you need him to step into the box and play down in the front seven, he can do that too. You know what I'm saying? And so I like that. And then one other player that I'll mention who didn't drop, but is somebody that I was excited to see where he was going to go. And I heard a little bit about it happening the morning of, but I wasn't sure that it was really going to happen. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Going 32 overall in the first round, being running back one to the Kansas City Chiefs, that's a fantastic fit for that team and that player. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that unless we want to discuss it more. But he's somebody I'm very excited about.
1: I'll tell you I'll tell you this. So when we did that, you know the the, the mock draft uh, with MTNV. Was, mm-hmm. Remember the chief? Uh, what was his name? Uh, Will. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. He, he had to get a corner uh, there, but remember we talked about the running back, and you know, right? They, they kind of like, oh, we ain't getting a running back. I was like,
0: <laughs> I'm
1: trying to tell you, I, you, know,
0: to he, glide, you know, the he, glide, baby? <laughs> you know, but I
1: mean, it's like it's like Patrick Mahomes, he, he just he getting blessed with all this talent around him. he elite. And he don't need it, and he's he just getting man.
0: The blessings you know, like, just keep coming. Too
1: many weapons. Too many. He got too many. You're right, you're right. Right. Uh, Rashad, you are right. You are right. Right. Rashad, you got any players that that, that for the same question?
2: Yeah, I was just looking up to see what pick you went. I knew it was third round. But I wanted the exact pick. Uh Jones to the Arizona Cardinals, man, because he was graded by some people as a potential first round offensive tackle. Yeah, and that was a need for the Cardinals. So um, I went and looked it up, and he was pick seventy two, man, the third round. That is a that's a freaking steal for man. a need that you have. That's a yeah. that is a steal. I think yeah. I think an hour mock draft. We had we we had our draft game and everything, and we were you know. First round, you throwing out Josh Jones' name, and this dude wasn't going off the board. Like we gotta, we gotta go ahead and abort mission on him because he was <laughs> a money miss, him. Man, he
0: he lived something that Mel Kuyper's third that, round,
2: man. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's wild. He lived in that Mel Kuyper's best player available, best best players available list for like a round. You know, like he was there for a day.
1: That's crazy, cause yeah, we we had Josh. I, I had um. Josh Jones going to like I was like well if Minnesota don't go receiver corn we might take a tackle Josh Jones Mm -hmm. when we traded down like dang we might get Josh Jones no all right Josh Jones here damn (laughs) you know that that was that was unbelievable uh, for the Cardinals because I think he could be an instant starter right away and for a guy that most people tagged as the first round guy I mean you you can't you can't go wrong with that Mm -hmm. pairing that with Isaiah Simmons and get drafted
0: yeah I got one more too oh and Isaiah Simmons oh my goodness. Oh
2: yeah,
0: man. Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah, I got more, too. Uh AF and going to the Bills, man. That was sneaky.
0: Oh, man. good choice. That's a good pick. Yeah, yeah.
1: He definitely shouldn't have been there. He's another guy. Hey.
0: Because like he right. was he was great. At, yeah,
2: he he was great at towards the end of the first round too. He went almost back in the second. You know, I think pick 54, 55. So the Bills getting AJ was pretty big too.
1: Yeah. Um this this is more of a, a hindsight view. Uh, on, I want to talk about like the Jets real quick. Cause I think they had a great draft. When you talk about uh, the first that they, they fit all their needs. Now, whether you think yeah. that player is is good enough, okay, that we, we can talk about that. But sure. they, they got Makai Beckton uh, at eleven, and then I think at pick fifty nine you got Denzel Mims. Now, hindsight view, Rashad, you just mentioned your your steal, Josh Jones. Do you think they should have flipped this now? you don't know how the draft is going to operate. But do you think they should have got the big, one of the big three receivers, Ruggs, Judy, or Lamb, and then took a Josh Jones at 59? Or, or do you – like? I mean, because, like, to me, when you say those names before the NFL season, you say, man, the Jets really messed up. They could have got one of these guys and still got Josh Jones. But, like said, you said, you don't know how the draft is going to shake out and it just so happened that Josh Jones did fall. So, in a hindsight view, which, which side would y'all rather have? what they actually did or or the potential, what it could have been.
0: Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead first. I'm curious to hear what you got to say, and then I'll come through.
2: (laughs) Yeah, just not knowing how it's going to shake out, I can't kill the Jets. I can't kill them because you don't know how it's going to shake out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I agree. For me, this was the right way to go because, to me, the drop-off between those top-wide receivers to – the like tier two, tier three wide receivers is uh, a much lesser drop-off than the drop-off from those top tight ty- I'm sorry, top offensive tackles. You know, those top four guys that were up there to the next, the next tier. Not that Josh Jones is, is, is bad, but, or by any means, but simply that, you know, around pick 59, you knew that you were probably going to get, you know, uh, you know, we sort of expected a, a potential Brandon Ayuk to end up being there, but he obviously went much earlier than anybody than, than most people expected. But you know, I mean, you had a lot of those other wide receivers that were going to be there, especially drafting uh, near the you know near the top of that round, or the, I'm sorry, near the middle of that round and stuff. And so there's a lot of those wide receivers that were there that felt like, yeah, they won't be that much of a drop off. So let's go ahead as much of a drop off as like tackle to tackle would be from that round from first round to second round. And so I think that's that's one of my reasons why I would say, yeah, grab your top tackle. Keep you can go ahead and draft all the receivers you want, but if they don't have that quarterback doesn't have an offensive line in front of him, you know what I'm saying? He, they they ain't getting the ball. So let's settle the offensive line. And the we'll add weapons. That's right. Yeah, and then we'll we'll add the the weapons after that. And they did a great job with Denzel Mims, oh, yeah. who I thought was going to go to Cincinnati at the top of the second. I thought. That was going to be that was going to be him yeah, and they, apparently they were between yeah. him and but, I mean, yeah I mean, yeah i
1: guess they kind of got the same kind of guy size and speed with uh with yeah. Higgins. so yeah, yeah. I, I just thought the jets draft was interesting because you know they got bryce hall later on too he failed because of, you know probably mostly the injuries
0: injuries I, I, yeah yeah I,
1: I think that's why we're going to have a lot of quote unquote steals in this draft because this is a different process we never had the virtual draft we never had we guys don't have the pro days and, and no the medical uh, scouts and stuff like that so you couldn't really mm-hmm. dive into the injuries and how are they doing so I think I think that's why like you, you see all these value picks you know anybody with an injury history uh, went later on down the line um, even 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 for my Vikings Jeff Gladney like he had the knee injury after the combine I mean the surgery after the uh, the combine and I'm not saying he failed but you know Vikings were able to trade back and still you know and still get him so still got of, him yeah you know, and the two corners went who I didn't think Arnett with the Raiders and Noah Hakabadubu.
0: Uh, (laughs) so you know a.j AJ tarot a.j Tarrell (laughs) went mad early too
1: those three guys i didn't even have before gladden on my board so Mm -hmm. uh, you know so maybe the injury has something to do with it you you never know Uh, um i I also i would kind of i know it's kind of like uh a homer hit but i think the receivers in this class the had like they they were big steals like judy going at 15 lamb going at 18 and even jefferson going to 22 like these are guys that for those teams should not have been on the board. There's no way right. that Judy should have failed the 15. Um, I, I did have Russ going as my first receiver. I thought but I thought maybe the 49ers or 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 even the um, or even the Jets possibly. You know they had the option to um, but Lamb going to Dallas that's not fair. Uh, and he went number 88 so Jared Jones already dubbed him
0: man, <laughs> man. he made him take that number too because uh lamb was like i want 10 and jones said nope you get 88.
1: 88 don't even look right in a land I, I don't th- He don't look right because it ain't really like a power like a power receiver to me right
0: i mean but it's a big body dude
1: irvin and des bryant come to mind right away I'm trying to get the jersey sales man <laughs> <laughs> Make it ain't relevant again i guess that's his hashtag. Um, but that's yeah, it. that one and and Jefferson at twenty two, Vikings should n- never had they shouldn't they shouldn't have got him. There's no way they should have had him at twenty two. They shouldn't have they shouldn't have found their replacement for Diggs at twenty two. Like Jefferson, like if it was like Denzel Mills, you'd be like, ah, maybe you know it's possible. Any other receiver right. besides the, the top four, you wouldn't say, oh, that's a that's a, you know still for the Vikings a replacement for Diggs. But getting them, I mean, shout out to the Eagles for taking Rieger. So. Um, but yeah, right. the, I think, I think receivers falling a little bit was, was definitely a steal.
0: Yeah. And I think that, that Justin Jefferson one in particular, like that's something that man, Philly's uh, Philly might not regret it because they get their guy that they want in, in rigor that can play on the outside, but they ended up doing it because of the fact that they didn't believe that Justin Jefferson can play on the outside and he absolutely can. I mean he didn't do it a ton don't get me wrong but when he did it he was just as effective and just as productive as he was in the slot and so i I think that that's just a fantastic opportunity for minnesota that i'm glad they didn't pass up to be like "Uh uh-uh he he's still here that's our guy
1: (laughs) um we only only got 10 minutes left uh i kind of want to get your your thoughts on the uh on the last dance uh so far and and what we're looking for Kamir rashad we, we talked about it and we were saying man you know, first the first is all about Jordan. Then you had the Pippen story mixed with the Phil Jackson, and then his Robin story. I, I think that's all great. And we, you know, the previews I think Horace Grant and Harper story is coming up next. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you like the way the, the direction that they're going as far as you know, back and forth, jumping back and forth, and, and what are your takeaways so far?
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the way that they're doing it so far, because it is keeping it a little fresh that you're kind of jumping around a little bit. You're not just following the one story, everything, because I know that when I first heard about it, it felt like it was always being marketed as just a Michael Jordan documentary. And we were just going to talk about Michael Jordan and his final season. And maybe was going to be more input from these other guys. But I love the fact that it feels a little bit more episodic in terms of you actually being able to take in some information in terms of how this worked for everyone and the things that they did to make it right you know we were cracking jokes about scotty pippen before we hopped on about like man i'm just sad scotty never got his money at least from the bulls and everything and so you know it was, just, it, it, it was an interesting thing to be able to get it that way and i like the fact that they've been bouncing around and, and getting it but you know uh my my main takeaway is just simply that like i mean i thought that we had drama in today's nba uh man that stuff is just wild. Uh, but I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. And I'm loving the, the glimpse into it. I remember going to the IMAX when Michael Jordan's first IMAX movie came out. I don't know if y'all remember that, but uh, I, I remember going on a school field trip. It was like, you know, I went to school in the hood. We took one field trip. Every, every person got one field trip in their time at elementary school. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't one a year. We got one through K through five and uh, they took us to go and see MJ. And uh, that was just a super dope thing to be able to like sit in there and, and, and watch all that. And now I'm sitting down and like watching actual like story about him at this point, which I care more about, of course, at this point in my life. And so it, it's really dope. Like I'm loving the narrative of it. And I mean, look in the midst of this, you know, lockdown and quarantine and everything it's, it's you know, it ended up being pretty well-timed in terms of them uh, deciding to release it when they did. So I'm appreciative of that, that's for certain. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I had one thing, I'm just waiting on the part where Jerry Krause becomes the jerk because so yeah, far he's yeah. done everything right. <laughs> right. Like he right. like he's done everything right. You got Oakley out, brought in Cartwright. You played Cool Coach, you brought in, you know, you scouted Pippen, you scouted Horace Grant, you brought all these guys in. Ron Harper was a, a twenty five and five guy, was in Cleveland with the Clippers. Get him to the Bulls. Like I'm just waiting on the part. I mean, you scouted Phil Jackson, had him on the coaching staff. You got Tex Winter. So far, man, Jed Krause. He's six and oh seven on my book. I'm waiting to see the part where Jed Krause becomes the jerk. Like I need, I need to see that because right now he is. I mean, he's he he likes Drake, right, man. He can't miss. That's for the married folks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's good that's good that's good
1: yeah i can't wait to see the horace grant story because see i am a a very adamant believer that they everybody want to say it i can't i can't agree with it that the bulls would have won eight straight i do not believe it because horace grant and robin were so vital in those p uh, in those yep. championship runs and they were not on the team those two years when jordan stepped away and came back and i was like i, I want to see the horace grant i think they're going to portray him as like a little villain a little bit because where the preview was going because he wanted to shine and you know right. Horace Grant was I mean he was a great player. I mean obviously you you're not you don't you're not in that same light when you're under Michael Jordan. Um and even and even Scottie Pippen. So, you know, and I think that you know when you look at all the thirty for thirties, like, you know, the Magic moment, the uh Knicks versus Pacers, uh, even the Magic Celtics, like all that stuff are intertwined with this Bulls documentary. And you'd be like, man, I remember this right here, Horace Grant goes to the, the Magic and that's why the Bulls couldn't beat him. So it's kinda like Oh, uh, without Michael, but it's like kind of like um, I want to see Horace Grant and, and his story and Rashad Miss and the Ron Harper one is like, man, these guys were vital pieces, and I, I also want to see the Ku uh, story. They have one where yeah. like, they they went to go get him from, you know, uh, away he's from, uh, Croatia, Serbia, one, one, yeah, there, somewhere. Uh, but the the dream team part where they was dogging Ku Oh, but come on, come on, play with the Bulls though. Like <laughs> we hate you, but come on, come on to the Bulls. So I, I want to see that part too. He
2: wanted
1: to rebuild. They weren't having it, man. <laughs> Kuko, hey, they were, they were shutting out Kuko. They said, you're not about to – Jordan and Pittman, you're not about to beat us out here. We're going to show you something. But after this game, though, you need to come on to the Bulls so we can go 3 P. I I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, Rashad, you're right about that, that Krause thing. Like, as a GM, we have all the same philosophies, exi- except for the Phil Jackson part. Phil Jackson would stay. But everything else, man – see, and then another thing – I know that they, they kind of skipped over the, the scotty pippen part like him coming back to the team like they kind of like right. just, they kind of just got rid like they, they led us into it as, as a cliffhanger and then starting uh, episode three they just say oh scott pippen's back now okay right i guess you know cool i would i, <laughs> I would see i would have failed as a gm because i would have traded scott pippen as soon as he said uh he want to go <laughs>
0: want
1: to go yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know, man. You can't you can't let Scotty go, man. But say. but Krause's alpha talent is crazy, man. Because even post, like even about like once they blew it up, he drafted Ron Artest, Tyson Chandler, uh, Jamal Crawford. He he had a uh, he he liked Facebook did a lot. So I mean, of course, you got your misses with your Eddie Curry stuff like that. But 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 dude, yeah, Heinrich, uh, like he missed with Eddie Curry and maybe a few others. But for the most part. Jared Krause has a, a keen eye for talent. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: gonna I'm give him a pass at Eddie Curry because honestly, it was a lot of misses with the high, the high school guys. I mean, he drafted Elton Brand too. He had at one point he had like four centers on the roster, like first first round picks. He he, was, he, he kind of was tripping a little you bit.
0: Know, he, he- he was really stacking centers like the bare <laughs> stack tight ends, man. Like hey, it, man, it was a lot. Got, like, <laughs> <laughs> Comic-Cat,
1: Comic-Cat City, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, they, you're right, Rashad, about that. Uh, when Cross is going to mess up part, and I, I just the drama part you mentioned, Rashad, right, is like, wow, like all this was going oh. on, and it's crazy how social media would like if you
0: just pick the bulls up and, and drop them today. Yo, imagine. Imagine.
1: First of all, Jerry Cross probably would have been
0: Right. Jerry Cross would have been Scotty Pickett <laughs> probably would have gotten traded because he would have been on Twitter talking about how he wants out. Right. Like, he'd have been Yannick and Gawking all the time. That's true. Like, man, it would have been wild different. Like, it would have been mad different because nothing would have been behind closed doors.
1: Nah. Nope. And then, I mean, the only people that you'd have, Michael Jordan would have said some crazy stuff that kept the media going. Like, kind of like LeBron and Kevin Durant and all them guys do, they say something and we spin it and take it off somewhere else. Like, it would have been. Oh, Jordan wants to do this. And you know, he he probably he probably, if it was, if we picked it up, even in like the 80s, like he probably would demand demanded a trade, like in 84, 85, when they was losing and and the the GM wanna bench him and not play him minimum restriction, he'd have been out of here.
0: Um, oh Quick. Quick. Enough. With the quickness. I
1: mean, I just think that's that's crazy how like how social media is, is going crazy and and how mm-hmm. how it really affects everything, you know, from the past to now. And, and I know our thinking, the way of thinking when we look at stuff. That's why we were so hyped on a Pippen contract because, like, right? he he's only making that much, but at, at the time, yeah, you know, that's really all you could. I mean, as far as you know, top money. I mean, he fought the years. It's got to tripping on that. But as far as like two, three, <laughs> that was that was you know that was the highest paid players, and and now Otto Porter make all, more than all them combined. Like it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> In Chicago, man, it's ridiculous
2: man. <laughs> oh man. It. it was trans
1: you're right. And didn't then, 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 uh, Ron Harper make as much as uh, um, MJ on the same like when uh, he was in uh, LA? Yep, yep, I mean, he
0: was it's
2: crazy. It, it was four million dollars.
1: <laughs> max, well, that max contract, superman,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that Jordan Supermax was like, We'll give you three, million, that's it. we'll give you three million to come through. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, did y'all, did y'all see the LeBron James um talk about the uh season? Uh, he went like, just like that. He he killed he killed a report just like that. Imagine Jordan be like, "I'm not retiring," or <laughs> killed. <laughs> I thought man, I, I just thought I just thought man, this this like this whole documentary is crazy. And like I said, I love that this it all intertwines. It kind of like you need mm-hmm. to watch all of them at the same time to be like, oh, that's you know. We talk about Jordan losing to the Pippen, uh, to the Pistons early in his career, the bad boys, how they fell off, and then you got, oh, Jordan the whole time. But yep. we had this whole documentary on the pace of the Knicks. They never talked about the next stage getting swept by Jordan. They ain't <laughs> talking about that part. That's pretty funny. But um, I appreciate uh, you for joining us, man. Um, that's all the time we have. About you know about a good 30 seconds left. Uh, Ross, let it be everybody know where they can find you at.
0: Yeah, Man, I appreciate it. Such a pleasure to join you guys, man. Hope to be able to do it again here soon. Had a blast of challenge during the MTMV mock draft, and so it meant a lot to be able to come back here and chop it up with you guys some more. Uh, if y'all are interested, you can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA N O L A. Y'all know I'm mad annoying about where I'm from. I represent New Orleans every way that I can, so I had to throw it in the Twitter handle. Uh, you can check out the Locked on podcast, <laughs> Locked on Saints podcast, of course, every single Monday through Friday. Fresh episodes about everything going on with your New Orleans Saints, and of course, you can actually catch, catch all the writing as well over at canalstreetchronicles.com. My brothers, thank you very much, man. Man, y'all stay safe.
1: Appreciate it, man. All right. Preach, care, preach. We'll let
0: we'll have you, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate Thank you, brother.
1: Rashad, man. Appreciate you joining us, man. <phone rings>
2: Barringer Brothers Spirit Barrel Aged Wines, the official wine partner of the 2020 CMA Country Christmas presented by ABC, celebrates the holidays with a tacky sweater sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win a CMA Tacky Country Christmas sweater by texting sweater to 467467. No purchase necessary. Message and data rates may apply. Sweepstakes ends December 31st, 2020. Must be 21 or older to enter. See barringerbrothers.com slash tacky sweater for official rules. Voidware prohibited. Barringer Brothers Wine. Please enjoy responsibly.